two wizards. Two wizards? Two wizards. Two wizards. Cool, cool. My house is built in like some weird abattoir for horses. <laughs> like me, yeah, a pet cemetery. Don't get me wrong. Old architecture is cool and modern architecture sucks. Um, but yeah, so the, the duplex that I'm in right now, it's, uh, was it like 1904? Built in 1904. It's drafty as shit. We constantly have like animals trying to live in the attic or the basement or the basement floods like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's a part of me that kind of wonders like it. Yeah, I mean, like it's one thing if it has that solid foundation and that good underlying structure. Uh, but there's also part of me that's like, OK, if 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 they're like what what's a good age to like sunset a house out because then yeah you have to worry about lead paint and asbestos yeah all this uh, uh faulty wiring things not being up to code like i don't know maybe that maybe that could be an answer to like the housing market cuz the housing mar- market's also just wild right now uh oh yeah yeah we just got to knock down houses and then build them up again people can get a job you don't have to go to college, like like be a carpenter, be a be a mason, uh, be a plumber, be an electrician. Like, yeah, that's sort of I don't know. Maybe Mark, did we just solve this weird recession and housing crisis that we're going through? I think we just solved it. I, you know, Josh, it's it's something that we do because uh, we are two wizards, buddy. We are we are two wizards and <laughs> propose the most <laughs> unlikely and probably. Not at all effective solutions, but damn it, that's for you people with your boots on the ground to decide. We're up in our wizard's tower, pondering our orbs, uh, smoking our pipes, and drinking the tasty things that are in our tankards. But yes, everybody, we're here at the Two Wizards Podcast, and my name is Josh, and I'm a wizard. And my name is Mark, ha ha ha, the Tua Wizard. <laughs> Yes, welcome back to the Two Wizards Podcast, where this week Josh and I are going to talk all about home renovation, right, buddy? Yeah, that's it. Uh, uh, get your get your get your spackle, get your uh, 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 monkey wrench. Those are those are tools, right? Those are things with home improvement. <laughs> Hand me my patching trowel, Gershon. <laughs> Gershon, I need you to run over to Home Depot. Yes, I know you've been there seven times already, but I thought I picked the right washer. It's a size too big. Go get the seven eighths and not the, what would that be? Uh, 15 sixteenths. It's too big. <laughs> that sixteenth of an inch makes, it, makes all the difference in the world. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, man, well, no, all, this, we, all this construction's no, we, wearing me out. I We need to take a break. What's it, what's in your wizard's? Oh, yeah, we should. What, we should what's talk it, about oh, what, what a, What's in your uh, wizard's thermos there, Josh? Yeah, wizard's thermos. Well, in my wizard's thermos. Uh, this is, <laughs> this is I, my I love favorite this. intro ever. Yeah, no, and there, there's a part of me that says, like, okay, I know we said we are going to do part two of academic hoaxes and, like, look for the benevolent tricksters, but God damn it, maybe maybe this turns into a loose robe about home improvement. I kind of love it. Uh, but, oh, but truly, my God, I could fucking talk about home improvement could, for hours. We could. Maybe and uh, okay, we're gonna uh, yeah write that on a piece of like 
yellow lined paper, fold it up, put it in our pockets, drive over to Ace Hardware, and like try to reread. What, 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 what do we say we need it again? Um, <laughs> but but I think that actually makes a lot of sense. And little again, little did we know that we just inadvertently stumbled into our next Loose Robes episode about home improvement and swinging a hammer around. Uh, but but what's in my wizard's tankard, my wizard's thermos, uh, whatever you have with me. Um, <laughs> I, I got this. the giggles. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, this is amazing. This is this is phenomenal. Uh, so this is uh, uh, Lone River Brew, Brewing Company. Is that what that is? Lone Lone River something. Uh, at a at a oh no here you go Lone River Beverage Company out of Houston Texas. Um, staying with the hard seltzer, and this is their ranch water. That's what they call their line of hard seltzer. Um, I've seen that. Okay, yeah. I am. I'm glad you're here because yeah. I honestly thought it was like ranch flavored, like ranch dressing flavored stuff, and I was like, <laughs> man, America some is mesquite. a tire fire that needs to be put down. Yeah, yeah some mesquite hard seltzer. Um, <laughs> although a cherrywood hard seltzer, that'd be anyway. Anyway, wait. Um, it's, oh, you're kidding. I was like, it's mesquite. yes. I no. I well, I do. Okay, I, I think I. You know, let's just do this. I was going to do their uh, Rio Red Grapefruit, but because we're getting silly, I'm going to switch it up. Uh, I also have um, their Spicy Hard Seltzer, and it's just called Spicy. Made with 100% agave, natural lime juice, and jalapeno flavors. So I guess like a margarita of sorts? Spicy margarita? Hard Seltzer? So... Uh, yeah, Lone River Beverage Company. If you're listening to us, get on it, man. Get some mesquite hard seltzer. Get a, a deep fried butter hard seltzer. Yeah, that's another flavor. That's that's Texas. So <laughs> crawfish boil hard seltzer. Crawfish boil hard seltzer. Angus. Angus <laughs> <laughs> T Bone hard seltzer. I would drink the shit out of a beef flavored hard Hell seltzer. yeah, dude. Hell yeah. I would. I'd do it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, okay, so so that's what I'm drinking. What about you, man? What's Okay, I'm sorry. I Okay, I need you to give me like what yours actually is because I okay, got no, so caught okay, up in enough. dumbness there. What is it? No, actually? this is okay. This is okay. So this is their spicy hard seltzer made with okay. 100% agave. Natural lime juice and jalapeno flavors. So I'm guessing, yeah, like a spicy margarita inspired hard seltzer. Uh, so, so yeah, that's what I have. That's what I have with me. And then I have okay. a couple other of their flavors. Uh, the Mrs. Wizard found a variety pack. So, so we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll come to some of those. Um, so, okay. so yeah, that's what I have. Cool. I have out of Anapira Mead Co. in Colorado Springs, Colorado, Sauvignon Blanc draft mead oh interesting it promises to be if i can find the label description here well i don't know what it is apparently it's pineapple hopped mead i bet it's terrible i saw it at the liquor store today and i'm like you know what i'm gonna try that but then on deck i've got an old standby of lagunitas maximus colossal ipa so nice very nice well here's on you buddy cheers buddy Huh. No part of that is okay. 
Yeah, I. It's not. It's not bad, are, but it's. Yeah. How's you are how's yours? A braver man. Uh, yeah, yeah, it it is. It's it's um very very light lime, a little sweet, not super sweet, but a little sweet. Uh, and then yes, like a sort of jalapeno aftertaste that's just kind of settling in the back of my throat, which I realize is probably bad for recording a podcast. But you know what? Uh, on, onward and upward. Hey, maybe maybe you could reach out to uh, Lone Lone River, not Lone Star, Lone River Beverage Company. See if you can't get a sponsor for the dang old podcast there. So, Hell yeah, <laughs> maybe. maybe. <laughs> I was looking at our feed today, and um, our number one the our number one source for downloads comes out of Texas, which is an amazing amount yeah. of irony because all Johnny and I do is talk shit about <laughs> Texas. But it also kind of makes sense. Also kind of makes sense. But um, yeah, that's too funny. That's too funny. Yeah, well, this and- is this is weird. I don't know how to feel about it. It's um, it t- it's not whiny. Whiny's the wrong mm-hmm. word. But like, botryoidal is the right word, maybe to use a geology term. But it's also got a bit of pineapple. It's not bad, but it's just I don't. Yeah. If I wasn't drinking it as a gag for this, like I don't think <laughs> probably, I would drink would this not. again. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, yeah, it, it is. And, and I think both of us are. We, we have weird beverages. We're in kind of a weird, silly mood. And, and I think that's no coincidence. Listening to our previous, to, to last week's episode, the first part of Academic Ho- Hoaxes, we, we both were like righteously uh, uh, angry about like, n- not just us as wizards who like to probe the mysterious, not just us who value education in general, and me being in academia right now trying to like make my way through this and then just to have people flex with that so cruelly and maliciously um yeah i i think we were both just like yeah in weird head spaces um two horned up that, for mayhem maybe yeah two horned up for na- for mayhem two horned up for knowledge uh <laughs> and so i don't know if that'll make this follow-up any better or worse I, I i'm just gonna roll with it i'm just gonna roll with whatever happens um because what i had wanted to do was say okay yes the the uh th- those were the the fraudsters the hucksters the hoaxers uh who were in it for all the bad reasons right we're like in it to try to get some extra funding or to advance their career or do something like that so i was hoping like are there any of the sort of the like white hat or gray hat hoaxers, like like people trying to draw attention, raise awareness of like, hey, this is a problem. Uh, this is a blind spot in academia. And so I think this needs um, um, attention. And so, yeah, I, w- I was hoping for like the benevolent tricksters is I think the phrase that you came up with, like. What are, yeah, what are fake papers or weird papers or weird things meant to like towards some, maybe like a chaotic good, if you yeah. will. They're breaking the rules, but to do, but to do good by it. Ended last week with Alan Sokol and like talking about his, um, uh, uh, what, transgressing the void, that paper that got yeah. all this crazy amount of hype and literally said nothing at all. Yeah. And passed through like... Uh, 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 past all the, all the uh, 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 checks, it kept rolling natural twenties, like just natural twenty, natural twenty, natural twenty, and nobody stopped to say, like, wait, are these dice loaded? Uh, it's like, oh no, we'll just publish this along, and 
So, so yes, so a lot of these are kind of inspired by that. Um, but then I also thought, and I, and I was looking, I was desperately looking like, were there any instances of, yeah, frauds or forgeries that were discovered to be untrue, but then maybe did lead to actual, like, legit breakthroughs? Um, and I was looking and looking. I couldn't find anything quite like that. So I think it, a better place to end this episode will be, like, accidental like happy dis- like 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 happy little accidents uh the bob rosses of the scientific and um uh, uh biological fields like happy little accidents that oh i didn't realize this is an antibiotic uh so so we'll 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 end with that i think that'll be a good place to end bob um, ross moments in academia yeah bob ross moments in, in happy academia. little accidents happy little accidents that lead to actual, yeah, like objective benefits. Um, so I guess, yes, picking up at, yeah, picking up with the Alan Sokol affair and, uh, yeah, his fake postmodern paper transgressing the boundaries, um, towards a hermeneutics of quantum gravity. That's what it was. I yeah. can't even really remember. So, so yeah, this guy clearly just made up a paper um, got it like passed through, got it passed through what should have been all the like checks and balances, got it published and all that. And and I think a big, I, I think there's two largely responsible phenomenon for like how that happened is one, it's confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's one of the things that Alan Sokol said, like, Hey, if I write this thing and it tells people what they want to hear, odds are probably good that they won't scrutinize it as much. Um, or they'll just kind of roll with its premises and then it, it'll get published. Um, which ideally the peer review process is supposed to stop that. Or even if it's not full on peer review, it's like, oh, here's the editors of this journal. They read it through or they have other people read it through and kind of say, wait a sec, this isn't lining up. So it, it would be something to the effect of like, uh, oh, uh, hey, Josh, I'm one of your students in theater history, and I'm going to write this paper all about ancient Greek theater and just, like, say how awesome and cool it is. And then I just, like, give them an A because that's my jam and that's my confirmation bias versus saying something like, oh, well, actually, you said that Aeschylus wrote the Bacchae, which is not correct. Uh, Euripides wrote the Bacchae. So so that that's ideally what peer review should do. But a lot of times it does. Or if somebody said like, Jeremy, um, this is the plot to God of War 2. Come on, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody knows there's no such thing as the Blade of Olympus. Come on, big guy. Yeah, come on. That's 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 clearly made up. Uh, so, so I think confirmation bias is part of it. And then I think the other thing too is, yes, that sort of publisher parish, you have to demonstrate somehow to your tenure committee, to your like uh, advisors if you're a grad student, like you have to demonstrate somehow that you're being productive and you're doing meaningful work and all that. And then sometimes that can lead to uh, these journals that, hey, 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 kid, give us a, a cool 200 bucks and then we'll publish your paper. And then that's something you can list on your curriculum vitae. Uh, hey, come to our like scam conference and you'll still get to present to scholars across the world. And it's like the Dr. Nick of the Simpsons. Um, <laughs> Hi, everybody. This was a good paper. Um, 
so so it's both i think it's the the confirmation bias i think it's just we're in this sort of rush to like prove no i'm doing things i published x amount of things so i think that's also kind of part of it too um but so 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 to get to get into some of those yes um alan sokol was was one of the more recent ones and very very much yeah like over the 80s and 90s kind of started this whole thing there's another one this was in 2009, had 2009. There's a paper uh, submitted by David Phillips and Andrew Kent to, uh, this was the, oh, hold on, hold on. Uh, they submitted this paper to the Open Information Journal, and this paper is called Deconstructing Access Points. Okay. Uh, Philip Davis is a full-on um yeah, yeah like he 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 was a graduate student in yeah like computer uh, uh, uh computer programming and um was 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 doing that whole thing uh and so this paper um deconstructing access points he wrote an ai program he he wrote an early machine learning app to write this paper and submitted that like ai generated paper to the open information science journal and got that published. Okay, so so walk me through this. He used used an artificial intelligence to generate his own academic paper. Yes, and then took, and submitted that. So okay, so like, oh, and, and maybe I'm getting hung up on the wrong bit here, but just like already, homeboy's plagiarizing because he didn't write this paper; the AI did, right? So so it, it is like when we all what was that like four months ago when when like the whole world went crazy over the hey look at this like random uh art generator the, the, this like ai art generator and the two others podcast was like putting out here's us oh we jumped on that bandwagon so hard yeah. yeah so it was like that except with words and uh you said 2009 so this can't, this isn't even yeah. like i feel like now like ai is kind of getting scary to where like you can't disseminate ai from like actual precisely AI. Precisely. AI from and AI, so, if you will, but like, yeah, and so and so we are. So so we will absolutely return to that point. Uh, but for right now, I have it pulled up, and I'll read a little bit, and then and then maybe with some of these other papers, maybe we can kind of trade off back and forth. This is the abstract that David Phillips wrote a program, and that program wrote this paper. Here's the abstract. The synthesis of the Ethernet is a confusing grand challenge. Given the current status of knowledge-based archetypes, stati statisticians particularly desire the refinement of superpages, which embodies the, the practical principles of software engineering. In order to address this riddle, we investigate how web browsers can be applied to the construction of the Ethernet. And, I mean, I'm not a computer engineer, I'm not a computer science guy, but... Again, it's kind of like with the with the transgressing the boundaries paper. Like, I mean, I kind of I I know what a web browser is. I'm pretty sure I know what Ethernet is. I don't know what a super page is, but that sounds important. I, I could probably piece that together. So, so yeah. So that's what it that's what starts off. And it and like you're saying, like, I, it's it's uh, it's understandable, kind of. It's kind of yeah. Legible. You kind of so okay. Um. Without totally derailing it, do you think part of this too is like because this got accepted, right? Like mm -hmm. people read this and 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 bought into it, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 
do you think it's kind of like that like hubris of man and it's like oh i i understand what these terms are these are academic terms this is academic language do you know what i mean like yes like nobody wants to stop and go wait what the hell's a super page you just take a term like super page and yeah. glom onto it and accept that for what it is and then like you take that ball and you know try and run it into the end zone so to speak it, it, it is it, it is and i think that's part of a and 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 as I mentioned, these are not my areas of expertise, but right, I could imagine right, right. I could imagine somebody, and also going on good faith, like okay, people actually sat down. I don't know if this really happened, but okay, imagine you sit down, you're giving this a read, and a lot of times too, you'll see like okay, who is this person? Uh, David Phillips. Oh, he's a graduate student. Maybe I'll like use some kid gloves. Maybe I won't go super hard at him because he's he's still figuring this thing out, and I want to offer constructive feedback. But also, yeah, there. Once we get into some of some of this here, it'll it'll become pretty obvious that yeah, this is this is just silly. Um, <laughs> but uh, but okay, so so here's a paragraph, uh, or or two from their introduction. We describe a novel heuristic for the extensive unification of web browsers and rasterization, which is a thing because the Mrs. Wizard is Technomancer and she's told me about rasterization. I forget what it means, but that's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing, damn it. It, it is a thing, uh, which we call trifling Thamen. They just kind of invent this word, trifling Thamen. Uh, however, this method is generally adamantly opposed. Unfortunately, this method is rarely significant. So wait a sec. Okay, however, this method is generally adamantly opposed. Unfortunately, this method is rarely significant. What? Uh, trifling Thamen manages the compelling unification of flip-flop gates and IPv4. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the disadvantage of this type of approach, however, is that consistent hashing can be made random, atomic, and quote-unquote smart. Clearly, we see no reason not to use congestion control to visualize courseware. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. But it makes... Uh, I know nothing about technology, but that sentence makes nothing but like, yeah, why would you use congestion yeah. control? Fuck, fuck congestion control. Who cares? It's all good. Yeah. And I'm tired of my flip-flop gates not being unified. We need a unification Is a flip-flop flip -flop gate flop not the same thing as a proxy server? Yeah, I bet it is. <laughs> Here we go. Here, here's uh, the next, this is the last paragraph from the introduction. Okay. We we proceed as follows. We motivate the need for e-commerce. Along these same lines, to answer this quagmire, we concentrate our efforts on disconfirming that active networks and suffix trees are largely incompatible. To achieve this intent, we concentrate our efforts on confirming that the World Wide Web can be made electronic, empathetic, and decentralized. Finally, we conclude. But man, again, like it's just, it's, it's all it, right-ish enough to make some sense. Yeah. I've, I've read worse things from actual undergrad students. Uh, yeah. So it, I've read worse tweets from Fox news. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And so, so, so yeah, it's just, and it would be one thing too if they like took a step back and like wrote about the like meta phenomenon, like, okay, here's a paper about how we wrote a computer code 
to write a fake paper. Like that'd be super interesting. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, here's like this like neural network machine learning type thing. Here's how we built this. And and I'm I'm sure there are things like that, right? Cuz like, yes, there was the there's the Wombo uh art thing where you type in a phrase and you click on whatever artistic style you want and then boom, there's your new like uh Twitter profile. Um robots are making jazz music like that's a whole thing um robots are and and you were saying you were rightly pointing out mark this was back in 2009 there are entire like youtube channels where they read the news to you but it's all but it's all artificial it's it's an ai yeah that look that, that looks at yeah that like looks at actual news articles summarizes them pulls stock footage and yeah, and, and so so it is. It, it's this whole thing. It's this whole thing that uh, uh, David Phillips. Little did you know with what power you were playing, writing the silly paper. Um, <laughs> David and yeah, Phillips that's kicking some anthill that should probably never have been kicked. Yeah, right, 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 right. And, th- and and yet this is like life. This is this is life. This is twenty twenty that we're living in. Um, God damn. Where that's... see, but I'm hung up on like this is two thousand nine, and it's. It's so close to sounding, I don't want to say yeah. human, but it's so close to sounding human. Like It is in the uncanny especially valley. Especially to the uninitiated. Like, I'm sure your mm-hmm. Mrs. Wizard could, like, read this paper and go, oh, no, this is all bullshit. Like, he's, mm-hmm. this isn't a thing. There's no such thing as a flip-flop yeah. gate. But, like, yeah. again, or there I is a flip-flop gate, but that's, but that, yeah, but it has, but it's about, a, it, it has a different usage. And, uh, so, so, yeah. Flip-flop gates are how you upload GIFs. Like, that's all, you know, like... <laughs> Flip flop gates are what allow gifts to be published on Twitter. It's it's yeah. a thing. It's all right. Like yeah, yeah like, goddamn. That's, that's that's it. Wow. Did you not read the the user ad- agreement terms uh, when you were setting up your Twitter ad- 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 accounts? People, it says like uh, we leverage flip flop gates in order to uh, bring you the dankest of memes. <laughs> <laughs> we data mine your flip flop gates to provide you, <laughs> like it. This makes more sense to NFTs. Like I, I understand. I understand this better than understanding what a non fungible token is. Like, or or yeah. So yeah, that's, that's just it. Um, man, me too. Okay, so just on that end, like I got a guy at work that's into collecting um sports cards, like football oh, okay. and ba- basketball and stuff. Uh huh. And he's showing me like. Apparently now there's like NFT basketball cards. And all it is is like I, I I honestly feel like I should be doing this on Photoshop, like, you know, cutting out this image and putting it on like this shitty frame background and publishing it. And these people are selling these things for like fifty thousand dollars a pop. I'm like, man, if ever where there was a time when I hope the solar flare hits, it is now. <laughs> Just yeah. wipe this slate clean. We've had a good run. We need to remember how to read a fucking book. Like, ugh. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time for us to uh, remember the value of like stone and wooden tools. Like, I think we've yes. forgotten that. I think we've forgotten that. Um, so, brick and mortar, stone and tool. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, brick and mortar. So, so th- th- those are just snippets from the paper. Uh, Davison Anderson were the two fellows who wrote this. Uh, uh, David Phillips and Andrew Kent are their fake names that they gave in the paper. They also dropped a pretty big hint that this was clearly a fake paper. 
because they okay. listed they listed their institutional affiliation. So when I submit an abstract to a conference that say, oh, what institution? So I say the Ohio State University or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that their institution was the Center for Research in Applied Phrenology. Oh. <laughs> which one, as you, as you know, Mark, and I'm sure many of our listeners know, phrenology is like measuring the bumps on your head as if that like means something. But also yeah, that your brain act- pan can indicate like what type of person you are, but I got to kill you and look at the inside of it to verify yes. my findings. Yeah, to verify. yeah. Uh, but also the Center for Research in Applied Phrenology uh, makes the acronym CRAP. <laughs> <laughs> so this was the CRAP paper. Um, and they submitted it, right, to, uh, to the, the, the Open Information Science Journal. And four months later, got an email from one Sana Mokaram, uh, Bentham's, that, that's like publisher, Bentham Publishing, uh, assistant manager of publication saying, this is to inform you that your submitted article has been accepted for publication after peer reviewing process uh, in uh, the, the, the journal. I would be highly grateful to you if you please fill uh, and sign the attached fee form and cover le- covering letter and send them back via email as soon as possible to avoid further delay in publication. We got to go. We got to get this thing published to pass peer review. Uh, that publication fee was $800 to be, <laughs> to be sent to a P.O. box in the United Arab Emirates. Well, that's how you know it's real, Josh. That's how There's you know a Nigerian real. prince who's going to give you his money if you help him get it out. Like, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so like, so this kind of just makes a feedback loop of like, let's so let's say that you didn't write your little AI generated paper here, but mm-hmm. like you're a hungry grad student trying to like, you just wanted to like, yeah, you, you just want to get there. your shit mm-hmm. published. Yep. So then you get this weird like form letter. They pick it up. They're scamming you, but you're scamming them. Like, right? It's like it, an Ouroboros of each other scamming each other. Holy shit. Yeah, like it's that thing of, and I've seen this too. Yeah, like like uh, yeah, like other tech wizards getting scam phone calls from people saying like, "Oh, your antivirus has expired, and the FBI is going to hunt you down." But if you give me five hundred dollars, and then those dudes like hack into, they scam the scammers and be like, "Oh, hey, how's the weather like there in whatever like server farm that you're currently like posted in?" Um, mm-hmm. So, so, so it is. And so having received that email, uh, uh, Phillips, or, or excuse me, uh, Davis, dude's actual name is Davis, uh, pulled, pulled the paper. And then, uh, this, uh, I am reading a summary here from, uh, newscientist.com that wrote this article back in 2009. Um, and new scientist go out, goes on to say, uh, Mahmoud Alam, Bentham's director of publications, responded to queries from new scientists from this website by email. And Alam said, in this particular case, we were aware that the article submitted was a hoax, and we tried to find out the identity of the individual by pretending the article had been accepted for publication when it in fact was not. Neener, neener. (laughs) Nuh-uh. We didn't get hoaxed. We knew it was a hoax. My God. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so what happened? What's the end result? So 
as far as I can tell, it it just kind of stopped from there. Um, oh, okay. Uh, 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 Days Davis Philip Davis, who again, like uh, the the paper says David Phillips, but the guy's actual name is Philip Davis. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, so yeah, as far as I know. I mean, yeah, like he didn't get published because he didn't pay the eight hundred dollars. And uh, let's see here: is the what is the status of the new Information Science Journal? Are they still? Uh, well, it, maybe I don't know if they're still. Oh publishing. no! There's I'm I'm looking at Bentham.org. That was like the parent like publisher, or whatever. Uh, I don't see that particular journal, but I'm seeing a page about alcohol rehab and alcohol detox news and scientific developments. So maybe that's, okay. maybe they're moving in that direction uh, okay. instead of computer science. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think it was just something that, yeah, very strange how somewhat kind of coherent sounding gibberish was accept was accepted by peer review uh for this journal but they had well and this is the other thing too right so like so much like money in research money in academia also gets weird because okay i write this thing that's in your journal and you're selling subscriptions of your journal but do i get paid for that contribution i i get paid by exposure i'm just getting my name out there man why do you have to make it all about the money josh can't you just write 5,000 words and submit it to us? And we get all the like publication fees from libraries. And hey, printing things is hard. Even though we have a website and we can just like fire off a PDF. And, and Josh, you, you, dare, you dare to ask for... So that, that also gets kind of weird. That also gets kind of weird too. Um, well, that's so, all a scam though. Like you... How many how many articles have you read about like, you know, just the the whole journal not industry but like the journal industry and it's yeah no it is yeah I receive yeah, yeah. nothing for like oh god I feel bad I kind of feel like a dick because you know like um Great Lakes shipwrecks I put mm -hmm. my ankles into Great Lakes shipwrecks and I have received no money for it but I mm -hmm. have gotten as much exposure as like some poor guy in like contributing to some you know journal you know what I mean like right yeah no one cares. Mm -hmm. 200 people listened to it 200 people read it and that's about it. like you know god damn that mm -hmm. bums me out man well and we always try maybe not always successfully or, or consistent consistently but we try to drop whatever sources we try to cite the, the people in the books uh, the things yeah. like that too we we at people on twitter um if we if we use our things too and and that's the that's also kind of the thing right also tied up in with this is like like access to knowledge and oh my god yes why yes. are we doing why are we doing this whole research thing why are we two wizards who spun up a podcast and devote hours of our lives that we haven't been paid to do it but we enjoy it we like learning we like sharing guys what we we're not asking for money to be clear here well, we are not, we are not no we are happy to do this um labor and, of love but it, it is it, it is a labor of love and yeah, it, it, there's a whole very, uh, I don't even know if it's messy, but a very like intricate, intricate ethical, yeah, kind of framework about 
how do we fund research? How do we publish those findings? Do we just, because I am, I'm a open access advocate. I think, hey, here's like a journal that is just online and to submit things that shouldn't cost you anything. To read what they have shouldn't cost you anything. And yes, you're asking people to commit that labor of love and invest hours that they're not going to get paid to read articles, to do the peer review thing, to maintain the website. Like, yeah, that does take time and energy and you're not making a, 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 a cold hard buck about it. But isn't learning? Yeah, I don't know. Isn't that worthwhile? I, it's, it is. It's, it's, it's very tricky. That's also very tricky. Yeah, shy of going off on like, right? Yeah, yeah. we could. Yeah, we but you know, there distracted. was even a long time ago when 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 we were two hobbits. Like, I almost shook you down for your like uh, university login information, so I could mm. uh, access papers about like what wasp venom does. Yeah, for 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 yokai part two, but I couldn't access this, and mm. I I wanted to read these papers and I couldn't because. I'm not part of a university and man, yeah, I so, hate guarded knowledge. Like mm-hmm, knowledge mm-hmm. ought to be accessible. Uh, I don't know. And, mm. and I can understand. I, I, I again, I'm, I'm not saying like, of course I get it too though. Yeah. Costs. Yeah. There are costs required to, yeah. Put things and like run a web, uh, web page and to still print books. Cause printing print, I, I still appreciate having like physical, tangible books. Um, at some time and even right like i'm facing the twilight of my time as a graduate student and having institutional access to libraries around the world and websites and um yeah maybe these last few months i've been like frantically downloading any and all pdfs that i still have access to it's like i'll read this someday <laughs> i have thumb drive after thumb drive filled up with articles on greek theater and um so yeah so and it is and it's a weird and then say i graduate and i'm done being a student i can still walk into like uh thompson library is the big that's like the main campus library okay i can still walk inside i can still pick up a book off the shelf and like read it i can't check it out or if i do i have to make an account and do all these other steps and so it is it's it it, it, it's a yeah it's a a very very tricky tricky situation and yeah i think we should be able to learn stuff <laughs> all i can think about is like um dunwich horror like when wilbur waitley goes yeah. to uh, arkham and it's like oh and it's like he's like reading that passage from the necronomicon it's like neither is it thought that man is the the oldest and final of earth's masters continue reading for a buck 29 a month right like, yeah this is the limited Do preview. Do you love the Necronomicon? If you can, you know, you can subscribe <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, no, and, that, and that's just it. That's it. It's like, um, we can't give you the full article, but here's the abstract. Here's, yeah, like the first paragraph of the Necronomicon. <laughs> and then he like, the old ha- ones oh, okay, blank that's it, right. and the old ones blank and the old yeah. ones blank. Son of a bitch. Right. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, instead of like breaking in and trying to steal the book. He has to like, yeah, hack into their website and and allow him access to to download. Oh God, <laughs> maybe it's a yeah, Lovecraft in the twenty first century. Like, oh, I'm trying to check out this. Um, you know, yeah, I'm I'm trying to get the 
Necronomicon through interlibrary loan, and <laughs> it's taking forever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not a student of Arkham. I'm just curious. Oh, hmm. well, you gotta you need to subscribe. You need to. Yeah, need to I'm not a full time student. I'm taking three credit hours. Well, this is you have to be a full time student. Well, what does that take? Well, talk to your advisor. Here's <laughs> Wilbert Whitley talking like crammed into some poor yeah like um associate professor's office <laughs> it's like look can i i'm just trying to get this book it's like well uh let's see here there's a there's a yoga class that seems pretty popular that's three credit hours <laughs> <laughs> wilbur waitley eight foot tall goatish and bent in the downward dog <laughs> and that's the real dunwich horror he gets wrapped up in like yoga and then meets a girl and then like and then the the, the twin breaks out of the bar and while he's still at Arkham yeah. he's like eh, whatever and yeah, whatever man like we've all just been here before you know like we just all I think we return uh and live multiple lives till we understand all that there is like what our soul needs to thrive and nourish man and then all the like cows are just getting sucked dry and <laughs> Wilbur Whitley in a guitar circle, just yeah. <laughs> oh, the man. old ones were, yeah. the old ones are, and they shall be. Jim Belushi breaks the guitar, and then he gets mad, and then re- yeah. reinvigorates his need to yeah, like burn the earth down and open the yogs office. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. His a his a hacky sack gets like on the roof of a, of some academic building. I'm like, oh man, this is bullshit. And then he just like, yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm silly. I'm silly. Um, <laughs> they won't let me join the Tri-Lambs. I don't get it. <laughs> I did. Oh, rush. my God. Wait, Revenge want? of the Nerds starring Wilbur Waitley. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's like, the, yeah, like that whole. Yeah. Like, lo- yeah. So who, who would be other good pledges in, uh, well, that'd be like. Ada P. Lambda House. Um, yeah, uh, definitely. Charles Dexter Ward. Charles Dexter um, Ward. The, uh, oh, I can't think of the, the dude brain from the, in the Vat. The, the brain, brain in the, in the yeah. Vat. Yeah, yeah, Brain of the Vat is the Asian kid who makes all the inventions. Whisper in Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Akeley is just like the quiet, like the super quiet, like mumbly nerd. But yeah. like... <laughs> We're doing this, man. That's gonna okay. Oh my new, god, Lovecraft Revenge novel. of the Nerds. I am Lovecraft so de- Yeah. Uh, uh Pikmin, House. Pikmin's the art nerd who like yeah, Pikmin's the art nerd. Yeah, the sensitive. super misunderstood. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay, anyway, sorry, I, I got no, weird. No, no. no, this is perfect. That's a great that's a great way to get weird. Um and also, yeah, <laughs> fitting. I think fitting. <laughs> well, Professor Carter, like how am I supposed? Oh no, no, that's what it is. It's mm. I. I am trying to get money to go on this Antarctic expedition, but because I'm part of Lovecraft House, they won't fund it. <laughs> well, Johnny, oh, and and they do. They start up. They they, they have a, a whole scam where they start up their own academic journal, and they're pay to publish, and so they're raking in all this sweet money from other desperate <laughs> students, and then yeah, that's how they. That's how they go to Holland to go grave robbing. And uh, 
<laughs> I just well, have I'm... this weird like car wash yeah. scene with all the boys, and it's like <laughs> working at the car wash. What? There's like pasty ass Carter like yeah. scrubbing a windshield. Yeah, Godish has Wilbur Waitley like spraying down his shirt. <laughs> the, the little face, little face in his like midsection. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, well, and I, so I'm moving on now. Um, I don't know if you heard that. So I'm doing their prickly pear, also Lone River Ranch Water, hard uh, oh. seltzer. Prickly okay. pear. So how uh, was the spicy? Was it like spicy or was it? It, it, it wasn't spicy. It was just like a little kind of residual, yeah, kind of like background heat. Like it wasn't. I, I don't think I'll have heartburn. Um, it wasn't like any of the green chili beers that. We've had okay. and talked about before, so so yeah, it was, just, it, was, it was all right. It was all right. All right, and I am cracking into my uh, Maximus Colossal IPA from Lagunitas. I've Ooh. had this one before. These are really good. Cheers, okay. buddy. Yeah, cheers. here's Anya, uh, and and yeah, I kind of got a head start. This prickly pears, that's a that's a keeper. This is good. Mm. Boy, these are good. Mm. So good. Mm-hmm. So so yes, Mark, we do have. I know we had a lot of fun. With um, what was it like? De- deconstructing access points. You think that's what it was yes. called? Um, flip flop gates. Flip flop gates. And yes, to you, like you said too, that was two thousand nine, and both bad scholarship and hoax scholarship, and the good guys, the good guys trying to say like, hey, here's a problem here that we think um, that has also continued apace. This next one I want to talk about was a whole score of papers. There were literally 20 papers associated with this. And, th- and this one um, uh, was like 20, what was it, like 2017, 2018? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, there were, there were uh, three. There were three kind of academic or academy adjacent people who also decided like, Okay, we are very much inspired by Alan Sokol. We're, we're seeing some problems. It's not that we're making fun of these disciplines or these subjects. We're not making fun of them, but we're seeing like, okay, yeah, there's some really bad scholarship or what looks like bad scholarship getting through. Um, They're getting and, rubber stamped into acceptance. Yes, getting, getting rubber stamped. And it is. It's falling into those two categories, likely because of confirmation bias, just people being told what they want to hear and what they already believe. And this whole, hey, we have to produce something. My advisor is yelling at me. You don't have any articles published yet. How are you going to? Oh, crap. Ah, here we go. Um, and so so this was this was like a transitional form, if you will, before this like 20 some papers. But this is one. Uh, this is a paper written um, in 20. Ooh, excuse me. Ooh, I'll try that again. Burp. This was a paper that was written uh, in 2017, uh, was published uh, and accepted in May 2017, uh, and this is called The Conceptual Penis as a Social Construct, Okay. Uh, written by Jamie Lindsay and Peter Boyle. I don't think the actor, I don't think. Not, um, not Frankenstein slash Ray Romano's dad. Yeah, I don't think so, but maybe. Okay. Uh, and this was accepted to the uh, Cogent Social Sciences. That was the, the journal. And and so, yeah, Mark, I think I shared a copy with you. Um, if you wouldn't mind having a crack at the abstract, just the first, yeah. the, the first kind of. So, like, this is what the this is what the paper's about here. So, so the conceptual penis as a social construct uh, by Jamie Lindsay and Peter Boyle. 
Anatomical penises may exist, but as preoperative transgendered women also have anatomical penises, the penis vis-a-vis -vis maleness is an incoherent construct. We argue the conceptual penis is better understood not as an anatomical organ, but as a social construct isomorphic to performative toxic masculinity. Through detailed post-structuralist discursive criticism and the example of climate change, this paper will challenge the prevailing and damaging social trope that penises are best understood as the male sexual organ and reassign it a more fitting role as a type of masculine performance. Okay, so that was the abstract. Okay. That was the abstract. That let's, was the abstract. So, so, so from the abstract, let's extrapolate from the abstract. Yeah, let's um, summarize. What does this paper? You can have a penis. Things? If you have a penis, the penis is bad. But the penis isn't necessarily bad. It just is a representation of toxic masculinity <laughs> and the need to destroy the planet. Got it. <laughs> that's 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 pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Um, Saruman uh, the wizard saying... stood in his tower and destroyed the forests of Isengard from Orthanc. Got it. <laughs> yes, it's saying like, okay, sure, there is like a physical thing called a penis, but we're talking about the penis as a social construct <laughs> that is, yeah, uh, either responsible for or otherwise tied with climate change, I think. Um, it, it, so, so, yeah, that's... that's penis Tadena. Penis <laughs> which is also very much like yeah like an ancient greek idea um <laughs> also I, yes also but only if it's little yeah only if it's little unless it's on a satyr in which case the bigger the better because they're funny and you laugh at them um <laughs> i will i'll laugh yeah, every time yeah time. hell yeah hell yeah uh so yeah that was their abstract again sort of like outlining where the paper is uh and then th this next thing that i want to read this is their public interest statement. And and I've been seeing this um, as I've applied or, or submitted proposals for, for papers. Um, yeah, it's like, okay, like, so cool. You want to submit this paper about, in my case, Greek, Greek theater or whatever. But like, what's the bigger picture? What is like the societal impact? Why is this paper, why is this research important now? That That's kind of what these like public interest statements are about. Um, and so this is what Jamie Lindsay and Peter Boyle write. Um, they, and I'll try to get through without breaking, uh, but here you go. Um, okay. Penises are problematic, and we don't just mean medical issues like erectile dysfunction and crimes like sexual assault. <laughs> As a result of our research into the essential concept of the penis and its exchanges with the social and material world... We conclude that penises are not best understood as the male sexual organ or as a male reproductive organ, but instead as an enacted social construct that is both damaging and problematic for society and future generations. <laughs> the conceptual penis presents significant problems for gender identity and reproductive identity within social and family dynamics is exclusionary to disenfranchised communities based upon gender or reproductive identity, <laughs> is an enduring source of abuse for women and other gender marginalized groups and individuals, is the universal performative source of rape, and is the conceptual driver behind much of climate change. <laughs> <laughs> and again... But so like, th they're not... They're not... 
they're not wrong. I don't know right. what a flip flop gate is, but there's like, kind of who's yeah, the there's... leading dickheads and destroying the planet? It's men. So yeah, there's there are some kernels of truth. There are some kernels, of, and and again, we can kind of recognize <laughs> things, right? Like, yes, uh, un- the the vast majority of uh, uh, rapists are men. That, that that is that's just a fact. I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying that's what it, it just is. It just is. Um, and they also bring up a valid point too, right? Like, well, if you are a trans, if you are a transgendered woman, uh, and you either decide not to, or you are preoperative, uh, but before doing any sort of surgery, yes, you may still have a penis, but if you are a transgender woman, like that's also another sort of, so again, like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of, sure. Yeah. I, 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 I can, I, I can I can read this with like giving them the benefit of the doubt and like okay sure yeah um let's see where we're going with this I'm not sure about the climate change thing um that seems a little interesting uh, <laughs> it's real buzzwordy it's buzzwordy it's enough very to make buzzwordy. sense yes it's also well and especially when you get so uh, uh, they mentioned performativity mm-hmm. there is a whole uh, if if you've heard of Judith Butler. Uh, she's a, she's a very big, yeah, sort of like, like gender studies figure. Um, oh, what's the book that she wrote? Judith Butler. Um, I should know. Cause I've read, I've, I've been assigned parts of this, um, uh, in, in my, and, and you may think like, wait, Josh, you're a theater major. Why are you reading? Is it just gender and sexuality? Is that what it is? But, but, but anyway, it, it's, and again, it's like, well, it could be used for this or that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so like gender, Judith Butler says that like gender is, is performative. Like it's not something that's essential. It's not like what your, your genes are or your chromosomes are, but it's like these repeated actions. That's what makes your gender. So if you constantly put on makeup and wear like a skirt in our cultural contexts, we equate that with being a woman. Or like female, or David Bowie, or David Bowie, and that's the, yeah, and that's the other thing too. Or right? me like, on Halloween, like mm, yes, okay. Or us, uh, back when we could still kind of have fun in schools, uh, there was a gender bending day, and damn it, you and I rocked some heels, and um, we we. Did <laughs> I got up. the criticism that I had too much cleavage, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and I'm again, like, you don't get to look at my man titties. Look away from them. My eyes are up here. Woman, come on. What are you doing? Yeah, right, right. And like, we got to experience the male gaze, and that didn't. That wasn't fun. Um, <laughs> but but it is. But it's very yeah. But it's very buzzwordy. And uh, okay, I can kind of, I can sort of like fill in the gaps, at least the gaps in the abstract, uh, and and going on, um, and. You can read, listeners, you can find this paper, you can find um, The Conceptual Penis and download that PDF and read it. Um, and so maybe I we will put a link on the Twitter, maybe. We will put a link. We can, we can link to it. Um, but uh, maybe I'll just read one, one paragraph um, where, yeah, it's like the climate change. It's the concept. Yeah, do the climate. I want to know because I I understand how, like, as a whatever species or whatever, Mm -hmm. I understand how, like, 
you could blame men for being the the chief drivers yeah, of climate sure, change. Sure, sure, sure. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Lay okay, that on. Okay, so so well, and this one's fairly short too. It's 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 like three and a little more paragraphs. Um, but it, and I'll, I'll I'll just read some of it. Um, so uh, this is two dot two climate change and the conceptual penis. Nowhere are the consequences of hypermasculine machismo bragadocio isomorphic identification with the conceptual penis more problematic than concerning the issue of climate change. Climate change is driven by nothing more than it is by certain damaging themes in hypermasculinity that can be best understood via the dominant rapacious approach to climate ecology identifiable with the conceptual penis. <laughs> Our planet is rapidly approaching the much warned about two degrees Celsius climate change threshold. And due to patriarchal power dynamics that maintain present capitalist structures, especially with regard to the fossil fuel industry, the connection between hypermasculine dominance of scientific, political, and economic discourses and the irreparable damage to our ecosystem is made clear. Okay, so what does that mean? Yeah, it's it, it's just kind of buzzwords. They're it's say, real buzzwordy. It's it's, it's real saying, dense. It's academic AF. Like yeah, they're saying that it's related, but they're not exactly saying how. They're not describing the relationship. They're just saying, well, well, clearly, it's just clear that hypermasculine dudes and climate change are like go hand in hand. It's just clear. I um, mean, yeah, yeah, it is. Like you know, they're. Uh, I, okay, but the sure. point, okay, yeah. but the point in an academic paper is to make that that um, relationship clear. It is to, spell but it should it out. be. It, but that's it. It should be to yeah. make it clear, not to like. Yeah, isn't that the, okay? So maybe I've been out of an academic setting for too long, Josh. But correct me if I'm wrong. Um, an academic pra- paper should strive to clarify things, not to muddy the fuck up things. This is also true. Yes, ideally. And I think a lot of that, too, is inherited from this, yeah, sort of like larger postmodern trend in the 70s and 80s and 90s where things, yeah, just get super dense and super hard to read. I mentioned Ju- Judith Butler. She won, a pr- she won like an unofficial prize for like the most incomprehensible sentence um, oh, back Lord. in like 96. And it is. It's just. See, you- back when like academic papers used to get Razzies. Yeah, right. Yeah, she won the equivalent of a Razzie uh, for, I think it was like Gender Trouble, I think is her book. Something. Anyway, anyway. Um, we're not but, hating. Uh, Guys, we're not yeah, hating. And that's just, just to it. be we're not a thousand hating. percent clear. We're like, not hating. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're not hating. We are just saying like this is the thing that happened and we wizards are telling you about it. Um, uh, but okay, okay, maybe let's see here. Um, well, here's the next paragraph. Destructive, unsustainable, hegemonically male approaches to pressing environmental policy and action are the predictable results of a raping of nature by a male-dominated mindset. This mindset there it is, is there, there it is there it fu- there it fucking is, baby. There it is. This mindset is best captured by recognizing the role of the conceptual penis uh, holds over masculine psychology. When it is applied to our natural environment, especially virgin environments that can be cheaply despoiled for their material resources and left dilapidated and diminished when our patriarchal approaches to economic gain gain have stolen their inherent worth, the extrapolation of the rape culture inherent in the conceptual penis becomes clear. (laughs) Again, they just say, it's just clear. It's just clear. We we don't say how, but it's just clear. It's just there. It's it's there. there. Fuck you. You'll watch it. Penis theory. (laughs) 
At best, climate change is genuinely an example of hyper-patriarchal society metaphorically manspreading into the global ecosystem. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, God, this is so good. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God, drink. Just take a drink. Just take a drink. That's take a drink because we... Oh. And so... We won't bury the lead anymore. The title I of can't, our episode, I can't take it. You're you're yeah. you're assaulting my brain. The title of this episode is Benevolent Pranksters, and listeners, uh, believe it or not, this may come as a surprise. This is another fake paper. This was this was a hoax. Um, there is no Jamie Lindsay. There, there there is a Peter Boyle insofar as yeah, he was an actor and comedian. Um, but the true authors of this paper were two gentlemen by the name of James Lindsay and Peter Pagosian. And so they kind of read some of the other research. They got all those buzzwords that you were talking about, Mark. They, they wrote this paper. They fired it off to Cogent Social Sciences, got it published. At some point came out, they announced like, hey, this is a fake paper. We made it up. We didn't. This is just all buzzwordy stuff. This paper is still getting cited. There are still other academics. Okay, so this was written 2017. Yeah, this is 2017. Almost, almost five years ago. This is 2022, so... Okay. Almost five years ago, because it was published May 11th. This paper is going to kindergarten in August. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, it's getting, and it's still getting cited. They've come out... They've said, this is fake. This is fake. We made this up. And it's still getting cited regularly. Uh, Peter but they, Bogosian, they, they called it, right? They said, this isn't real. They said, we bullshitted yeah. this. Yeah. And. Oh, my God. And Peter Bogosian, I think on. Uh, I, I don't know if he was doing this on his Twitter. He might still be doing this on his Twitter feed. Every time he gets a little bing that this paper gets cited, he'll say like, oh, look, so-and-so cited the conceptual penis again. So he's there taking the piss out of him. Yeah. One of the co-authors of this fake paper is re is like retweeting, oh, this fake paper is still getting cited in dissertations and uh, uh, chapters for edited volumes. So he's he's like blowing the whistle and waving the red flag continually. And this paper is still getting cited. <laughs> and that's the other Christ. thing, too. There, there, there's another idea um, called idea laundering. So, so just, okay. like there's, just like there's money laundering. Money gets in from some illegal source, but then it gets processed through a more legitimate enterprise. Like, hey, this laundromat that I just opened up, we're doing, we're doing great. Uh, my name is Walter White, and... I have a great <laughs> car wash business in Albuquerque, New Mexico. That's all. Uh, similar kind of deal with, yeah, like, quote unquote, knowledge. And yeah, this paper, The Conceptual Penis, is perfect. Uh, is a perfect example of idea laundering. Um, Jesus. These people made it up. These two dudes made it up. They had the buzzwords. They uh, were banking on confirmation bias. They were banking on maybe not very scrupulous reading. And yeah, and, and they're just laughing all the way to the bank. Like, yes, we keep saying that there's a problem and, and we proved it. We proved it by this fake paper that we wrote five years ago. We said it was a fake and people are still citing it. It's still getting 
It's it's getting but more they're citations. Saying that they're they're saying that like they did it as a as, as a joke and mm-hmm. okay. Oh God, beautiful. Yeah, and it. like trying to say and 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 this is it too because these two guys. So yeah, James Lindsay and Peter Bogosian, and then they were joined by a third. Uh, her name is Helen Pluckrose. James Lindsay is a mathematician. I think he got his like PhD in math. Peter Bogosian is a philosophy Another professor. mathematician. That's kind of yeah. weird because mm-hmm. uh, uh, Sokolov was a mathematician too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, Bogosian was a, a philosophy professor. And then Helen Pluckrose, she joined them. And she was like a medieval literature grad. grad she, she, uh, she, she got a master's. Um, okay. So, yeah, three pretty different fields. But the three of them came together and they started this other like long-term kind of project or what was supposed to be a long-term project um, that they called, they either call it Sokol Squared or they call it the Grievance Studies Affair. And the three of them, ooh, excuse me. Ooh, these prickly pears are coming up now. <laughs> um, uh, but 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 so the three of them got together, and over the course of one year, they wrote twenty papers. They wrote twenty academic papers. Jesus, um, okay. And a good rule of thumb for like doing scholarship and a- academia the legit way is like if you get like one paper a year, or like maybe one paper every two years, like that's that's balling. Like you are a, you are a prolific scholar if you can get that much published um in one year or like a year and some change uh and these three cranked out 20 papers writing together in one year sent them out to various journals they tried really hard not to go to the predatory hey pay us 800 dollars and we'll publish your thing they, they tried to send their papers to legit like the top journals in whatever field um and they were going to see they, they were going to chart the course and, and so they they almost undertook this as a research project in and of itself. It's like, hey, we're we're researching the like legitimacy or the rigor of all these academic journals. Uh, but before they could finish it, they got exposed. Like like somebody outed them unknowingly, and so they had to come clean and say like, okay, we this was a longer term. So thing. this like this team this team is like the heroes we deserve in academia they like. are the heroes and and so many people are hating on them just like you and i have had to say like look we aren't making fun of these things we are yeah like studying things we're just like, pointing it out we're just like yeah. saying hey maybe this is a thing that bears a little bit more yeah just look at it scrutiny. just look into a thing before yeah. you get too horned up like yeah, yeah. and these are important before you things. yes and yourself into dumbness <laughs> yeah and these are important things to research and so we need to make sure that they're receiving the best research and that that is rigorous and thorough and consistent, and um, and whatever. So, so um, they started this project in August 2017. So after the conceptual penis, like that same year, the, yeah. the, the, three, the three of them got together, started writing in August 2017. Their first paper got accepted in February 2018. It's like half a year later, six okay. months. Got their first paper accepted. So they just picked it up. They just they just they just got like yeah. They, they just ran, with, ran with that shit. They they ran with it. Uh, they got exposed. <sighs> their 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 hoax got exposed uh, July thirty first, twenty eighteen. So they didn't even get like a full year. They didn't get a full year into this uh, project. Okay. And out of their twenty papers that they submitted, by the time they were exposed, seven had been accepted. 
Um, <laughs> four four of those seven were published. That's still a twenty five percent. It's almost a thirty three percent acceptance that's rate. Great. Yeah, that's great. And one of those actually got an award for exemplary scholarship in the field. Please tell me we're going to talk about that one. We are. We are. It's 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 one of their most famous or infamous ones. So yes, um, awesome. So so we, I, I, again, I think I have these available to you. So if if you want to pull up Dog Park, if you want to pull up the PDF, Dog Park. Okay. Dog Park. And as you're doing that, so I'll give a little bit bit of background. The journal that accepted this paper and was going to highlight it as a exemplary scholarship was called Gender, Place, and Culture the leading feminist geography journal and a top 10 gender studies journal. So that was the journal that accepted this. Um, The paper is the full title is human reactions to rape culture and queer performativity in urban dog parks in Portland, Oregon. So it's, so basically this, these people watched the 12 pups of Christmas and said that 12 (laughs) pups of Christmas was rape culture. Right? Is that pretty close? Pretty close. Okay. Good. 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 Okay. Cool. Cool. And I'm so in. this PDF, because I feel from... bad after that. So, <laughs> so this PDF from Gender, Place, and Culture, when this came out, all these papers were retracted. All of the journals said, like, okay, these are fake papers. We're retracting them. So it may be hard to read the abstract with the big retracted uh, uh, stamp <laughs> applied on this PDF. But do the best you can, Mark. See if you can read the abstract uh, for human reactions to rape culture and queer performativity at urban dog parks in Portland, Oregon. This article addresses questions in human geography and geographies of sexuality by drawing upon one year of embedded in situ, embedded in situ observations of dogs and their human companions at three public dog parks in Portland, Oregon. The purpose of this research is to uncover emerging themes in human and canine interactive behavioral patterns in urban dog parks to better understand the human a yes uh, some something decision making okay yeah so the human something decision making in public spaces and undercover bias and emergent assumptions around gender race and sexuality specifically in order of priority I examine the following questions. How do human companions manage, contribute, mm-hmm. and respond to violence in dogs? What do you recommend? Yeah, what, what, is, uh, what, or what, what, what issues around? Okay, what, okay, what, yeah. What, what, no, no, what issues surround? Okay, yeah. Uh, what, issues surround queer pro- <clears throat> what issues surround queer performativity and human reaction to... Uh, homosexual sex? It looks like an a, a B to me. Okay, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but 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 something sex between maybe and no, dogs. maybe homosexual, whatever. Um, uh, reaction to redacted sex between <laughs> and among dogs, and do dogs suffer oppression based on based upon perceived gender? <laughs> Okay. Sorry. It concludes by applying black. I can't even fucking read it, Josh. It concludes by it concludes by applying black feminist criminology categories through which observations can be understood and inferring from lessons relevant to humans and dog reactions or interactions. Do you think? 
Interactions? Reactions, right? Interactions, yeah. Yeah, I think interactions. Um, and hu human and dog interactions do suggest practical applications that disrupt that that disrupt hegemonic masculinities and improves access to em emancipatory. Emancipatory? Yeah. Is that what that is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, emancipatory space. Jesus. <laughs> Holy okay, I thought like I thought conceptual penis was buzzwordy. Yeah. God damn, dude. They kicked that vibrator up to eleven, man. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and so So if if you go through and read the paper, which is hard because there's again these big red redacted stamps in the middle. Um the researcher Helen Wilson, which is the fake name that they gave, said This that, is a fucking SCP, dude. Like Yeah, no, it is. It is it's 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 an SCP. <laughs> the the <laughs> Portland, Oregon Rape dog, dog park. <laughs> um, Hump but, dog, SCP number 6969. Yeah. <laughs> so the researcher <laughs> said that she went to all these dog parks and watched how okay. dog how dog owners interacted with their dogs and uh, do, doing things like that. Again, completely making this up. This did not happen. And Helen Pluckrose and James Lindsay and Peter Bogosian, they were trying. They were trying to, like, Colbert report. Like, what's the most ridiculous things that we can put in this paper and still see if it passes mustard? And, and I want to read this a little further down. Okay. And they were thinking, like, clearly this should raise some flags. Clearly this should raise some flags. We're throwing out numbers. We're kind of flirting with quantitative research methods here one would think through academic rigor this yeah, would through, raise a couple flags yeah we we but there's no we, we didn't have any graphs we didn't have any tables but here here's just part of it so they say um the usual caveats of observational research also apply here while i closely and respectfully examined the genitals of slightly fewer than ten thousand dogs <laughs> I'm sorry, keep going. No, that's it. <laughs> okay, keep going, keep going. Slightly fewer than 10,000 dogs, being careful not to cause alarm and move away if any dog appeared uncomfortable. There is some. You can't be part of rape culture for dogs. <laughs> Um, th th there is some relevant margin of error concerning my observations about their gender in some instances. It is more than possible. In fact, it is inevitable, though I endeavored not to make assumptions, that I misgendered some of their human companions. That is, I tagged a gender to a person who did not self-identify with that gender. In some of the more extreme okay. cases, as is related to pronounced dog behaviors, starting fights, urinating on people, humping or other penetrative acts... I attempted to address this shortcoming. <laughs> I attempted to address this. I attempted to address this shortcoming by asking human companions their preferred pro pronouns, as situating the results against McKittrick's hegemonic presence of the white male subject were required. Uh, this data, and if people were uncomfortable, <laughs> if people were comfortable with my question i then interrogated them further and inquired sensitively into their sexual orientation so this person is claiming to have carefully and respectfully examined the genitals of slightly under ten thousand dogs number one. Oh my god 
Okay, okay, just just number one, 10,000 dogs. We'll call it 9,000 because you said slightly under. Yeah, we so can be generous under. and say slightly under could be 9,000. Or, or, or they're just like, I know they're making it up, right? Yeah. But like... But nobody <laughs> thought, nobody checked the map. Holy shit, what is the over-under? Just, we're, we're mm-hmm. presupposing this is real. The over-under on how many meta or imaginary dogs this person looked at their genitals... God damn, dude, how long would it take you to get, like, how long would it take you to get a hundred dogs? Like, how long would it take you to get a hundred people to be like, oh, okay, so here we go, Josh, here we go. I uh-huh. here, here you are, you're walking, um, you're, you're, so, so Tompkins is now a dog, right? Okay, yep, yep. So, so, so you're walking your sweet boy Tompkins through this dog park in, in, in Oregon, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, 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 excuse me, uh, excuse me, um, f- fellow human. Um, might I examine your dog's, your, your dog's genitalia? No, <laughs> fuck you. No, you can't get the fuck away from me. So like you'd pepper so spray him, right? Like, mm-hmm. right, right. So, 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 so just, so just after that, just that first like blocking, like let's overcome this first hurdle. Yeah. How long does it take to get upwards of 10,000 dogs in a park? Cause well, there's so, not, so they say. They, they, they say in the paper, they say this was one year of observational data. If you okay, take, I'm going to, I'm going to do take 10,000. No, no, I, I, I have it pulled up. I have my calculator. Oh, sweet, here. sweet, sweet. Okay, cool. And, and I rounded up to 10,000 and we can round down, but, um, you would have to look at 27 dogs genitals every day. <laughs> so almost 30 dogs. So that's. So that's three dogs an hour. You could do that. That's that's kind of doable. That's like three yeah, to yeah. four so, dogs an hour. Yeah. So, if you're there so for, if an you did, yeah, yeah, for, for, for an eight-hour work day. Yeah, for, for, for an eight-hour work day, that's, yeah, like If you three... can stand to be that weird son of a bitch, and people are going to, like, recognize you as, no, don't, no, don't go to, to, to Jackson Bend Park. That's yeah. where that weird motherfucker is. <laughs> He's going to look at your dog's pussy. Like Yeah, so that was roughly three oh. dogs per hour. <laughs> Eight eight hours a day for a full year. Um, you know what? And there's no Fuck charts. We're there's cutting no ed programs. No gra- we're gonna yeah. cut ed programs. We're cutting all of it. We're done. We, that's it. Scrap yeah. all of it. Like, um, wow. Nobody nobody thought to say like, okay, um, you're applying black feminist criminology. What does that mean? And this is again the sort of like well that that's kind of this is a flip flop gate. There is sort of a black feminist criminology that is interested in like crime statistics as viewed through this specific theoretical lens. But why are you applying that to dogs humping each other? <laughs> like nobody asks these questions. In fact, so like if we can devil's advocate for a second, like uh-huh. um. Like, so in unsolved crime and shit, like, there is a concept called the less dead. And it's like, there's this little blonde white girl that's get that gets kidnapped in insert state here. Mm-hmm. Police will try harder to try and find them. But then if you look at, like, police statistics from, like, um, Cali- uh, from, so from, like, the California to Oregon to Washington, like, that loop. I want to say it was something like in the 70s. They think there might have been upwards of eight active serial killers in that region at the time. But because they were all like person of color uh, sex workers, 
they just didn't get reported because nobody cares about a dead black chick. Like that's it, oh, mm. it's a dead black hooker. Right. Nobody so, fucking so cares. Be, or so, like in so Canada, like, like indigenous mm-hmm. sex workers. Like mm-hmm. nobody investigates this shit. So mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. You're kind of hitting like a thing that might make. God damn, it's just so it's so close to being like it's not buzzworthy, but like it's so close to being like. Yeah, what would you but, call it? Like academically affirmative, if that makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm. right. It, it wow. is. It's like it's like. Yeah, yeah. That's all. That that's all kind of. Just like you're saying, like yeah, those are those are things. Maybe that maybe that specifically. I, I uh, let's see. I'm just gonna search here. Okay, so so the phrase "less dead" does not appear in. No, no, it's not. It's not this. a term, but it's like that's the term. No, like, no, yeah, yeah, you but have the more. Uh-huh. So, so you, you you're from Colorado. You remember John Benet Ramsey? We're still yes. trying to fo- find that fucking case. But yeah. like, how many like um, sex workers or like um, migrant workers or like just like people of color in Colorado that like die? And we just, we don't care. It's like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so, so there it's is the there bias is. of like, pol- mm-hmm. and especially like, especially in like the, yeah. Up until like there, oh, there was a, there was a serial killer in Canada that kills in like 50 women. And they were like, they were all prostitutes and he just, he just killed them and like ground them up into sausage. And he didn't get caught until 2003, like, because it was, not the right color. And like, yeah, it's bad. But right. like, anyway, sorry, this is a different topic, but I can so, almost so buy into right. like, exactly. I can almost buy into like black uh, feminist criminology, whatever the term you gave or mm-hmm. whatever the term this paper gave. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, sorry, sorry. Which, which it is. It is. It's, it's taking the things that's like, okay, yeah, that is a legitimate uh, 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 application. But it's a flip flop. Like, what does it have? Is is that? It's the, a flip flop game. Yeah. Is that is that what? It, and so, um, again, th- this th- this paper is just it's just amazing to read. Right. Right. Like, to, yeah. To One be fair, things, like, I'm not yeah. trying to give credence sure. to a fake paper, but like, yeah. man, so, I kind of almost get it. Yeah. And so one of the like conclusions that this paper um, kind of draws is. Oh, where was it? I just saw this. I was scrolling by and I just saw this. Uh, this is on page 318. Uh, dog parks are petri dish are petri dishes for canine rape culture. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so <laughs> one of the conclusions or the applications is like, okay, well. You know how sometimes dogs wear shock collars and when they do something that their owners, that, that their human companions don't want them to do, they, they get the shock collar. What Maybe maybe we can put shock collars on men to combat rape culture. That's, that's one of the conclusions that this paper draws. I'm um, pretty sure that's like a subplot in Sin City, but yeah. Yeah, it, it is. And so... Um, and so, it, it, again, just very ridiculous. Wow! All right, goes on. I love um, it. A, a, a quick, uh, a quick. So here, here's the author bio. Here, here's the author bio. And again, things that like should raise some red flags. Um, okay. Yeah. So notes on the contributor: Helen Wilson, PhD, holds a doctorate in feminist studies and is currently a legal researcher at the Portland Ungendering Research in, in, in Initiative per initiative in portland oregon number one like so she's citing her own self citing her own self 
she's at the purr like a kitty cat purr initiative <laughs> okay how quick does it take to google portland ungendering research initiative i'm and doing f- it right now okay tell me what you find all right here we go on um, here we go portland ungendering research initiative oh hey um a study researched rape culture in dog parks a national <laughs> review uh academic hoax reveals deep problems in social sciences do you from see the a website desk okay yeah okay so do you see a website? My favorite is point? from uh, wweek.com, and the thumbnail is a dog humping another dog. And the, it says, um, a Portland State University professor made up a study of dog-on-dog sexual assault and got yes. the hoax published. Fantastic. Yeah. From so, October 9th, 2018. Yeah. And Peter so, Bergosian. yeah. again, wouldn't it make a little sense if you were an editor of, uh, what was it, like, gender, gender place and culture? So you would think that if a person says that they're just like basic vetting, right? Just basic vetting. One would think, one would think that, but we don't get those comments, but we do have some comments from the reviewers of gender, place, and culture. Uh, And typically what happens is you have two people read, reviewer one and reviewer two, and then if it's, and then it's like um, accepted for publication, accepted with minor revisions, change these things, and then we can publish it accepted with major revisions you need to change a lot or or not accepted those are like the the four basic ones reviewer one so so like really so i'm sorry i'm not trying to break here but like Mm -hmm. it's only two people that review a paper yeah wow yeah okay i'll be three but that's just me okay cool i i I think sometimes the the lead editor will also kind of give it a, a once over but but typically it's reviewer one and reviewer two uh, okay, here's, cool. I just, that's yeah. kind of weird to me. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Here, here's what reviewer one had to say about uh, the dog park paper. This is a wonderful paper, incredibly innovative, rich in analysis, and extremely well-written and organized given the incredibly diverse literature sets and theoretical questions brought into conversation. The author's development of the focus and contributions of the paper is particularly impressive. The field worth executed Uh, contributes immensely to the paper's contribution as an innovative and valuable piece of scholarship that will engage readers from a broad cross-section of disciplines in theoretical formations. Uh, Say innovative one more time. Say it again. Say it one more time. I dare you. Um, I believe this intellectually... Say innovative one more time, motherfucker. Yeah. I believe this intellectually and empirically exciting paper must be published and congratulate the author on the research done and the writing. Congratulations on examining slightly under 10,000 dogs' genitals. <laughs> we need to publish this. Um, so that was review one. You can't say 10,000 dogs. Say 5,000 dogs, and I buy this a 1,000%. Right, because like, that's just it. It's like, what's the you, ridiculous... You shot, yeah. and I get it, it's all fake, but like, man, you, you, you lower your numbers just a touch. Always mm-hmm. under... Always downscore yourself, you know, yeah. like. But they did. But but they did the opposite. They they wanted to see how much they could get away with and still get published, and not only get published. Right, like you're already here. Go for broke. Yeah. I get it, but yeah. And so this is what the editor of Gender, Place, and Culture had to say. As you may know, GPC is in its 25th year of publication. 25 years of publishing this journal, and as a part of honoring the occasion, GPC is going to publish 12 lead pieces over the 12 issues of 2018. So not just 25 years, but 12 issues a year. Uh, oh, my God. 
We would like to publish your piece, Human Reactions to Rape Culture and Queer Performativity at Urban Dog Parks in Portland, Oregon, in the seventh issue. We're going to highlight this paper in our seventh issue as a celebration of the work that we do. <laughs> it draws wow. attention to so many themes from the past scholarship informing feminist geographies and also shows how some of the work going on now can contribute to enlivening the discipline. In this sense, we think it is a good piece for the celebrations. I would like to have your permission to do so. Mm. And y yes. And so I like what you were saying a, a minute ago. We're not ridiculing these things. We're not making fun. We're just saying like, okay, let's let's tap the brakes a little bit here. Let's like do a little evaluation on our criteria and what we're publishing. Because, yeah, if, if, if people can make this thing up, try to cite numbers, not have a table, not have a chart, not, you know, kind of just say the most ridiculous things, but say the right ridiculous things with the right buzzwords. Um, yeah, it, it, it just gets silly. It but gets that's silly fast. the right with the. Oh, man, it's. Yeah. It gets silly fast. And so that was that. Does was it bug you? Does it bug you that you and I could just like go the way of the Sith and shift into evil yeah, right. and just start like, mm -hmm. oh, how much would it take for you to sell your soul? I guess, it, you know, like, it. yeah. And, and for people trying to make it in it, ac academia is, is super hard. It's why super does hard. it, why does credibility matter? What if you just yeah. sell your soul? Like, right. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't think I'll ever get to the point where I'm like selling papyrus that i have no right to sell legally <laughs> but if i know but but if, if, I'm, if fox news like gave me a million dollars to like mm -hmm. hey can you talk about why oh, that's Donald a Trump whole other best, oh, best president ever yeah yeah i got we can give him a segment yeah absolutely we, you can well, yeah and, and that's not even that's not even going into like the oh uh four out of five doctors recommend marlboro cigarettes um no, uh, look at this panel of leading scientists who say that leaded gasoline is A-OK. -okay. Um, here's the Gatorade Sports Science Institute saying that the water sucks. It really, really sucks. <laughs> Brought to you by two wizards. Yeah, hey, my name is Mark and I'm a wizard. And I'm here to tell you that Brondo the Thirst Mutilator yeah. is the only type of sports energy drink that not only fulfills your electrolyte needs, but also the electrolyte needs of plants. <laughs> Get her. <laughs> and yeah, that's like the clearly obvious stuff or what now that we quote unquote know better, that's the obvious stuff. And so, so it is, it does draw. Yes, we can laugh at this ridiculous paper, but, but it does, it does raise some like legit questions about like, and, and I think I even mentioned this last episode, right? Like no wonder people are like super skeptical about what the CDC says or whether or not to take, uh, uh, the vaccine or booster shots or do we wear a mask or what kind of like no wonder no wonder we're having these big fights about this shit uh, and like having distrust in institutions and, and part of that is I, I'm not saying that all of it is these hoax papers but it is part of it is is like the whole hey we have to establish some credibility and some legitimacy here and part of that means saying no to people part of that means saying a paper about Dog parks being the petri dish of rape culture. Get the fuck out of here. 
that's my new Twitter handle. Mark Dog Parks the Petri Petri Dish of Rape Culture Jones. Like here's here's maybe a good one to sort of end on for for a number of okay reasons. Okay. Um, so this one, so yeah. this was this was published um, in Fat Studies, which is the Fat journal studies. name. Which is the journal name. Um, and it is the flagship journal of this entire economic... Not, not God damn it. What's in these ranch waters? I better pop another one here. Here we go. This is, I'm, I'm finally getting... ranch water. I'm finally getting around to the grapefruit one. I said I was going to start off with that, but here it is. So oh, how... Okay, one. yeah, let me know. Yep, that's grapefruit. Okay, so anyway. Okay, but so, just to be clear, because I yes. need to know... There's no hint of ranch dressing at all, right? Like to my palate, no ranch dressing. <laughs> okay, I just, no like you trough say water. Ranch, you say ranch water, and my fat fucking American yeah. brain goes, "Oh, like you dip hot wings in." Yeah, yeah, or okay. like the trough that like your horse is drinking out of, and your dog's drinking out of, and then you scoop your canteen, and yeah, not not that either. Um, I mean, maybe maybe that does happen, but that's not what I'm drinking currently. Uh, but this journal is Fat Studies, and it is the flagship journal of this entire academic field, this entire academic discipline that is called Fat Studies. Okay. Uh, and also kind of fun note or interesting note, note about this. So this author, uh, this, th- this paper's author is uh, Richard Baldwin, Ph.D. Richard Baldwin... Okay is an actual dude he's an actual professor he's a he's retired he's a real person yeah he he's a professor emeritus of history of uh at gulf coast state college so he's a real dude they got his permission yeah and that's a real place and and they got his permission to to use his name um and richard baldwin is a professional bodybuilder so i was saying before like Okay, gender, place, and culture. You didn't Google if the Portland ungendering research initiative that like so if people did Google Richard Baldwin, they'd see that he's a bodybuilder. They're like, oh, okay, here you go. Um, and this I'm looking pap- up Richard Baldwin right now. Yeah, and I, I don't know, maybe there are some uh, uh, photos of him of him back in his heyday. Uh, oh yeah, there he is. Yeah, he's he's a big old boy. Yeah. Um, according to. <laughs> God damn, oh. dog, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's and not so, a big boy, but he's a cut boy, so I can yeah, find he is cut. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and so this paper that they wrote in his name, uh, with his permission, is called Who Are They to Judge? Overcoming <laughs> anthropom- Anthropometry and a Framework for Fat Bodybuilding. So, Mark, if you would like to read the abstract for this paper, and, and then we'll talk about it a little bit, and then probably, yeah, find a way to, to end here. Which is also kind of fitting, because we've been talking about li- lifting and working out some more. So, so here you go. So, fat bodybuilding. We just did a two-parter on yeah. professional wrestling. Like, yeah, absolutely. We talked. No, you know, that's like a weird, like, uh, subline or subplot yeah. of Two Wizards is like... Fucking humans are buff and shit. Uh, uh, yeah. Buff as shit. Yeah, here we go. And we pick things up. So, so yeah. So, what about this new proposal for fat bodybuilding? Fat body... Yeah. Which... Which okay, is just, Yeah. Powerlifting we'll just... is different. Whatever. We'll get there. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm sure we'll get... <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll get to that point. But... Yeah. Uh-huh. 
While fat activism has disrupted many dominant discourses that casually contribute to negative judgments about fat bodies, it has not yet penetrated the realm of competitive bodybuilding. The author introduces fat bodybuilding as a means of challenging the prevailing assumptions of maximally fat exclusionary uh, sports culture while raising fundamental ontological questions about what it means to build a body. Specifically, he advocates for imagining a new classification within bodybuilding termed fat bodybuilding as a fat inclusive politicized performance and a new culture to be embedded within bodybuilding. And as a powerlifter, fuck you. But okay, yeah. <laughs> Next. So that also was in kind of like academic speak and some pretty big. So real academic the... speaky, yeah. So. How can we translate that? What is that basically saying this paper is about? So it's like, um, in bodybuilding, it's supposed to be like, you're like negative 2% body fat and Mm -hmm. you're the biggest, baddest boy and your thighs are big and bad and your boobs are big and bad. But how come fat people can't be big and bad? You're okay. You, you, Josh, you've you've seen the shit posts of like, um, this, this rando in England, uh, entered into like the 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 180 pound classification of bodybuilders, mm-hmm. and he's like he's a twig. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't be there. He has no business being there. So this is that, but for, for but for fatties. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, it is. It's like why do we say that bodybuilding is about yeah, like losing uh, uh, body fat and like increasing lean muscle mass? Is doesn't it also mean? To build a body to 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 get fat, <laughs> like never minding the idea that was like, like, like never minding like just you know shitting on like the idea of like Joe Weeder and like Reg Park and shit and it's like mm-hmm. how strong, like how beautiful. Never minding like the accomplishments <laughs> of like Frank Zane, like yeah. how powerful can a body become? But also like how like. Like classically, like classically yeah. beautiful, like to the to the Greeks, especially the Greeks. Greeks yeah. were like, and I'll just like call it like the Greeks were gay as shit for like buff yeah. dudes. Yeah, they were. How like, yeah, it's like, oh no, it's fine, but uh, but also like, there's also a weird turn now where you get like HGH gut, where like these mm-hmm. dudes are on like the hormones shit, and they get this like, it's Little the the, gut, yeah. the the um ab gut. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's his name? I can't think of his name. He was he was banned years ago, and now I can't think of it. But like, not not Ronnie Coleman. That's not it. Whatever. Uh, Kai Green. Yeah. Kai Green. Okay. It's like it's the Kai Green gut. You get the Kai Green gut. Like you are ripped to shit. You are zero percent body fat, but you have a beer gut of abs. You shouldn't have that. That's not how humans should be. Right. Right. But I feel yeah. like this is like. But also, but also, but also, like, um, sumo wrestling. Sumo wrestling is, like, mm-hmm. you get big, mm-hmm. but you're also real strong. But, like, whatever. Anyway, sorry. I'm getting weird here. This isn't two wizards yeah. on, on, on powerlifting <laughs> 2.0. Like, go, right. go, listeners, go check out uh, from February two buff wizards. Like, mm-hmm. right, yeah. we talk yeah. about so, this, but yes. So, so, yeah. so this is a different thing. You're, you're right. This is a different thing. We're, we're not talking about, like, sumo. We're not talking about, and truly, like, it does require a lot of muscle mass if 
if you have a lot of fat to like move around. Like big fat people are also super strong, but this is this paper is arguing for something completely different. You gotta have muscle to back this like carry weight. It's a thing. It happens. But so I'm looking at page Roman numeral three, um, and the section called fat activism, um, and yeah, this this proposition like okay, all these potty all, all these bodybuilding competitions. We just had the Arnold, right? Um, at the Arnold, we need to have a new category, a new event, a new a- exhibition of fat people. Um, and this paper says, uh, to bridge that gap, the considerable success at penetrating and disrupting, uh, adipophobic fat fearing environments that fat activism has achieved within professional modeling provides insight. These successes have furthered healthy at every size, quote unquote, narratives while challenging ableism and fat phobia in broader culture as competitive bodybuilding spaces are the apotheosis of an adipophobic society and are thus primary targets for similarly uh, influential fat activist initiatives, they are potential fruitful sites for similar work. So it's where's the place that we see people the least fat, bodybuilding competitions, that's where we need to have uh, fat activism. Um, So I know that this paper is fake, right? Yes. But like, just to that end... (sighs) Fatties have no place in... If you're fat, be a power lifter. Like... Yeah, or go do sumo. And... Yeah, no, or that. Yeah, but like, no. Um, What's his name? Fucking um, um, Eddie Hall. Like, that dude right. out of England. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the strongest man in England. And but he was fat as shit. Cut. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Half Thor Bjornsson. Like, but he, mm-hmm. he's gotten better about, like, trimming down because I think he's gotten, like, more acting roles. But, like... When Half Thor was like hot, Half Thor was like fat as shit. Like, you yeah. can't be buff and you can't be trim. It's not a thing that exists. Like, to be trim, you can't be as strong as you can be when you're fat. And it's mm, okay. And this is like a weird, like near and dear to me without being too near and dear to me. Cause, right. like, yeah. Well, cause it is. I it's was something... trying to be a strong man and then I like really fucked up my like forearms. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Anyway, sorry to to your point. I, continue. I'm sorry. Yeah, and so and, and so uh, this paper also cites uh, apparently for the London 2012 Olympics, a group got together and conducted uh, quote an act of cultural disruption uh, end quote that they called the Fatty Olympics. Um. <laughs> <laughs> where they just i don't know i, I guess just walked around i guess just walked around and protested the olympics I, I would or maybe didn't shit. walk around i, I don't know, know it's i know it's exploitative i would watch the fuck <laughs> i would watch the fuck out of the olympics <laughs> I want to see him run hurdles. I want to see him try and like swim. I want to see him like, I want to see fatty pole vaulters and like the fattest pole vaulters are like pushing 230. Like yeah. the fattest pole vaulters are my size. But they gotta... yeah, in, in, <laughs> instead of a fiberglass pole, it's just like yes. a pipe. It's just like a like an iron pipe. It's a fucking lead pipe, yeah. <laughs> I would um, watch the shit out of that. 
Mark. Oh God, I want to see him like. Oh, I want to see. Oh, this fuck you, freakazoid, fat man and boy blubber. I just like chugging down the like. Okay. I'm so I got the it's giggles. Okay. I tickled myself. Well, it's because you are, as the paper also rightly notes, the Fatty Olympics ultimately relies on again Judith Butler, uh, Butlerian parodic performance. So yeah, th- this was a th- this is a fake paper, but the Fatty Olympics actually happened. You can go to Fatty Olympics. Really? You can go to fattyolympics.blogspot.com. I am uh, now. And or just Google Fatty Olympics and you will see um, documentation. You will see the archive of the Fatty Olympics that happened in 2012. Um, I got uh, fatty lumps on a dog, but <laughs> yeah, I think that's a different thing. That's the dog park paper too. <laughs> Is there a fatty dog lumps rape culture <laughs> paper? Because if not, we're gonna write it. Oh God. Oh man! Oh oh god! Okay, They're just anyway. rolling down a hill. They're rolling down a hill. That's an offense. Oh, you problematic fuck! How fast hey, can we get down? That? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> making that, fun. I'm I know. Po- I know. Observing. I'm the problem. I'm the. I'm the asshole here. I just. But they're rolling down a hill. Oh, that's one of the things they do. Oh. Oh, can we have like a tandem like team event and we'll call it like the Sisyphus Stone and it's like <laughs> some little it's some little skinny bitch trying to push some fat fuck up a hill. <laughs> anyway. Sorry. Listeners, Sorry. I'm fat. I I stand with you. I'm a big old boy. <laughs> oh my god. Oh boy. Okay, okay here here you go. Okay, here we go. Okay. You talk. Um, I'm I'm giggling, I'm sorry. Lo- little further down um because fat bodybuilding diverges from parodic satire so this is what the paper's saying okay yeah the fat olympics was parody but what if we did it for real that's what this paper is arguing okay um fat bodybuilding as fat activism relies on conveying the message that a fat body is a legitimately built body and utilizing product performance as such risks mocking fat rather than bodybuilding as Mitchell 2017 wrote, it takes time to make a fat body. It takes even more time to make a politicized fat body. That is a legitimate paper. That is a wow. legitimate source cited here. It does. It does take time to make a fat body, to be fair. Like, yeah. You know, um, that's like, I've always heard that, like, it that it takes time to get like in shape. It you know for like that it takes that you citation. a long time to get like trim and lean and cut and pert and like you know. But it mm-hmm. also took you a long time to get this fucking fat. It took you that, this long to eat this much McDonald's and like all this bad diet. So yeah, okay, that, cool. That citation from Mitchell, twenty seventeen. Uh, Mitchell's article was Sedentary Lifestyle, Fat Queer Craft, published in Fat Studies, so that same journal, uh, Volume 1, Issue 12. So this fake paper is citing another paper in Fat Studies. And, yeah. Um, (laughs) Wow. And so, yes, and so this also got published. This paper also got published. Um... Let's see if I can pull up some of the reviewer comments. 
Uh, da, 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 da. I thoroughly enjoyed reading this article and believed it has an important contribution to make to the field and this journal. For the most part, I wholeheartedly agree with its argument. It is well written and structured. On page twenty-four, is it, it, it well written and structured? Is it really? Uh, on uh, this same reviewer said, and I just read this part. On page twenty-four, the author writes, "A fat body is a legitimately built body." Absolutely agreed. <laughs> but then wait for, for it, Mark. Sumo wrestlers. Okay, sure. W- so these were okay, and and it looks like Fat Studies uses three reviewers, and those two quotes were all from re- reviewer three. However, reviewer three does have some criticism and does have a revision kind of suggested. You ready? I'm ready, baby. The use of the term "final frontier" is problematic in at least two ways. <laughs> ah, okay. First. The term, Who's using that term? Anyway, keep going. So w- within the paper, they use the phrase Final Frontier. And Reviewer Free okay, says okay, that that's cool, problematic. Cool. So within this fake paper, they use the, the phrase Final Frontier. And Reviewer Three says that's problematic in at least two ways. First, the term Frontier implies colonial expansion and hostile takeover. And the genocidal erasure of indigenous peoples find another term. <laughs> Mm. Mm. <laughs> so oh, uh, I can't grunt harder. I'm sorry. I, yeah, okay. I don't know if Star Trek. I I I, I don't know if they've um, if Reviewer Three is familiar with Star Trek, but they probably find Star Trek problematic too. So okay, but also, but also, just really quick, mm-hmm. let's let's just call it now. Yeah. How many Star Trek fans could like? apply to this bodybuilding competition anyway next yes no well you mentioned freakazoid uh who's who's the like um yeah like early like proto neck beard actually or fat man and boy blubber yeah no no but the dude who like sits on his computer and says so in episode so in season two episode three freakazoid uses the uh is it fanboy is 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 that it? Yeah, it's fanboy again. Big big guy wears glasses. That was that was fat bodybuilding. Uh, who 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 are they to judge? Um, we need to have a true fatty Olympics, but not in a parody way, but in a legitimate. Here are legitimate built bodies. What does it mean to build a body? Um, but we do. But we do. It's called sumo. Like. Yeah, but even that requires an athleticism and is exclusionary. Oh, so they want like and, yeah. So they want just, like you're just standing fattest there. fatties, not like kind of. Yeah, kind of. They want my six hundred pound life, but like <laughs> Trisha in Oklahoma is yeah. competing. Okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah, and so yeah, I I I guess just kind of wrapping this up. Fatties um, today now. Is, yeah, is yeah. I, I, I think just to wrap it up, it, it, it is. So these three, uh, James Lindsay, Peter Bogosian, Helen, pa- Helen Pleckrose, uh, got got a fair amount of heat, got a lot of criticism. That's like, oh, you're just making fun of these 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 disciplines and these journals. And um, here's if if you really wanted to do an investigative study, here's what you should have done, and blah 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 blah. 
but also I think they they truly did. They put a spotlight on yeah, this was this is a problem. And there are some serious concerns and some like serious scholarship that could be done in these fields and in these areas, but unfortunately we do think there is uh, th- there is as of the moment an environment where confirmation bias, if you drop the right buzzwords, if you cater to what the editors, they're like presuppositions, you're you're in like Flint. Um, if you're, uh, just, yeah, like, um, an early or mid career, uh, researcher and you're trying to fill out your CV, you're trying to like, you're trying to get your foot in the door into this very tricky career that is being in academia and you're just desperate to publish things and you fire something off. Um, yes. And so, Mark, you and I, we do what we can from our wizard's tower. It's not an ivory tower, and it is exclusive, but but we try to be as forthright and transparent and cite our sources, and we share. We, we put out our podcast. Cite our sources, we share it, yeah, like, absolutely. And, and as our call sign says... Um, yeah, other jerk wizards, they try to hoard all their knowledge and like keep it for themselves. Like, oh, well, I'm the only one who knows how to call down a, a, a lightning bolt. But that's not us. We we share with you and, and we are the, yeah, we are the open access. Um, so if you want to subscribe to Wizards, Place, and Culture, the academic journal. Um, <laughs> It'll cost you 800 bucks. <laughs> Please submit your papers. Uh, We will review them at $1,000 a pop because I'm busy. Josh is – we're both really busy wizards. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, like you let Uh, us know. We'll review it, but mm, mm -hmm. – Yes, and we only accept submissions uh, through parchment tied to a raven's uh, uh, leg. That's the only way that we'll – an email, a PDF – Something no, like it has to come in on the wings of uh, also nudes, uh, whatever also you nudes, are, yeah. male, female, something yeah. in between. Got to yeah. send nudes. Submit mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Got to know you're human. So I, I am gonna go and check your genitals <laughs> rigorously, but also respectfully, <laughs> carefully, and respectfully. <laughs> and here's how you can send us those genitals. No, please don't do that. Or maybe do that. I don't know. No, send us. Um, I don't care who you are. Send us your, like, affirmation for me is getting nudes. Male, female, something in between. Uh, I guess yeah. your dog's asshole. That's cool, too. Yeah. Whatever. But send, yeah. Send us a picture of your conceptual penis. And, the, and here's a couple ways to do that. Your dog's <laughs> conceptual penis. Yeah. Your cat's rape culture vagina. Yes. <laughs> You can send an email to us uh, to twowizardspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, find us on Twitter at twowizardspodc1. Uh, we're on Instagram, uh, twowizardspodcast on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter. Uh, you can find Josh at Plaid Barbarian. Mark, what are some of the things, what are some of the areas, what are some of the modes of communication that you'd like to share? If if you want to send me your nudes, if you want to slide into my DMs, if you want to say, I wrote this paper, Mark, please validate me, Daddy. Academic <laughs> Daddy Mark. 
academic wizard daddy mark academic wizard daddy josh you could do that um at marky stardust on twitter or or if you if you want just you know what would you call that josh um ribald and uh cutting edge commentary on where we are as a species and a nation as a people mm. uh you could check me out on our sister podcast the dangle podcast where me and my buddy Johnny, we take two episodes of King of the Hill and talk about, like, why it was good, why it was bad, and if it could be good or bad right now. Uh, Dangle Podcast. Check us out there. Uh, this week, Josh, we have a very special three-part episode. We're doing um the we're doing the arc of the high anxiety. So, like, uh, oh. Hank smokes pot. Debbie Grun dies. Buck is framed for mur- or accused of murder. All that good shit. Go check us out at Dangle Podcast. Uh, I think that's about it. Yeah. Okay. Guys, yeah. let us know. We love you all. We love interaction. I'm yeah. a whore for validation. <laughs> I need it. I feed off of it. I get fat off of it. I get so fat that I want to go fucking cr- compete in a bodybuilding competition <laughs> off of my validation. So please, guys, talk to us. Listen to me. Listen to Josh. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Do you think that we're jerks? Do you think that like, oh, fat bodybuilding should be a thing? Can, should should we have, like in the Arnold Classic, should there be a, a, a subsection of America's fattest fatties? Let us know. Just come tell us. I don't know. Come talk to us. That's where you can get me. There it is. Yeah. Well, and and I think I even mentioned at, at the start, I, if, if we needed time, I was like, oh, here's like, accidental scientific discoveries or whatever we'll save that for a future episode because i'm sure that you and i both mark we can come up with some good good stuff for that um but yes so so thank you for checking in uh with us once more we truly do love you we love uh um uh getting any sort of yeah any sort of feedback uh so so don't be shy uh and yes i i think i think try as much as possible if uh, uh, be be on guard of your own confirmation bias. If this is like, oh, this is like uh, supporting something that I already believe, well, dag nab it. Uh, be twice as skeptical and twice as critical because you want to make sure that you're that you're following like legit rigorous knowledge and not just something that's blowing smoke smoke up your dog's genitals. There, up your dog's preferred genital. Yeah, or. Yeah, or be fooled by a machine learning program that can spew out an academic paper. Um, check your flip-flop gates. Always make sure that your <laughs> flip-flop gates are connected or grounded. I don't know what it is. Um, I think that's our like hashtag for this episode. Of that's it. Gates. I I know what I'm changing my Twitter like uh, name to after afterward. But uh, but anyway, so thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, I'm Josh, and I'm a wizard. I am Mark. I'm a wizard. Thank you for listening. We love you all, everyone. Take care, everybody. Good night, guys. He rolled upon his back, and after that, I killed them all! Ah!